To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on The Female Millionaire Show. I'm Midori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and I interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn. If you're wanting to play bigger, come play with us. Join the female entrepreneur revolution today. Cheers. We are here with this woman who has energy exuding from her and she has such a cool vibe. I can't wait to dive into learning more about Bethany Corbin. She is a healthcare innovation and femtech entrepreneur. I know, I'm not quite sure what that means yet either, but we're gonna find out. And she's on a mission to help companies revolutionize women's health. She's a managing partner of Women's Health Innovation Consulting and the CEO of Fem Innovation. Welcome to the show, Bethany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so you need to break down. What, what is this that you do? Tell us a little bit about your industry, not your industry, but really what, what you do as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I am part of the femtech community and it is it is a new term, right? It was actually only coined in 2016. So for listeners who aren't familiar with it, you're not alone. What femtech really means is women's digital health solutions. So we are working to push the bar on the types of healthcare services and solutions available to individuals who identify as female. And really, my passion for this stems from the fact that women have been excluded from the medical community and modern medicine for decades. Um, it was only in the 1990s that we got even the right to participate in clinical trials. And so we, you know, we're coming up on our 30th year now of being able to participate in clinical trials, but we haven't made the substantial progress that you would think we should have made over that 30-year time period. So I am an attorney by background. As you mentioned, I do have women's uh, the Women's Health Innovation Consulting Firm, which is actually the first law firm in the U.S. focused exclusively on helping women's health innovators. And so what I do as part of that company is I work with early and mid-stage startup companies to help them get their businesses off the ground in a way that's legally compliant and also in a way that's going to set them up for maximum growth and scalability down the line. And as you also mentioned, I am the CEO and co-founder of Fem Innovation. And so that came into being because as I was working with startup companies throughout my entire journey uh, as a lawyer, I realized there was a huge lack of resources, especially for female founders, um, and especially those in their early stages. And so we are building the Fem Innovation community and platform to give women's entrepreneurs access to those resources, to expertly created guides, document bundles, courses that they need to understand how to build and grow and scale their businesses. And what also sets us apart is we do curated matchmaking to help founders really get those partnerships that they need, whether it's with healthcare organizations, whether it's bringing clinicians or C-suite individuals onto their team. And so that's really what I do. I try to bring the women's health ecosystem together under one roof. Well, clearly you're not very busy because... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't even know about the attorney part. That just kind of, you just kind of weave that in. So see, you see where I bring these women onto the show. They are just doing amazing, amazing things. And this is not what I would have expected from Bethany. If I just met her at like a marketing event or a networking event, 
because she, what you said to me before we hit record is that you're from North Carolina. You're like, I really don't like the hustle and bustle of the city. However, if I didn't know that about you, if you didn't tell me that, I'd be like, oh yeah, she does. She is, she is sprinting and creating all these amazing things. So I just love that about you. Okay. So, you. so you, you are in the health world and then you've partnered with, with bringing it with bringing in the tech component, this is a, this is an area that I am moving into with my business. You know, I fuel the fire and then I also have the female millionaire show. And so what we're doing is we are bringing in women who are creating these really cool businesses and then partnering them with pitch fest so they can find investors to help them play bigger. So you're doing this, but in a different way. Talk to me about some of the challenges that you have seen either in your own business or for these other, you've, you've mentioned some of it, but let's talk about your own business as you're growing this. What are some of the challenges that you have encountered as you are building this incredible platform? Yeah, you know, there are definitely challenges no matter what business you're building. For me personally, you know, I kind of, I entered entrepreneurship without an entrepreneurial background. I had my legal degree and I thought, this is great. People need legal advice, right? They need legal services and legal resources. This should be a very easy sell. And I can tell you whenever I first started Feminovation, it was radically different than where we are today and what we're building today. Because I started it with the intention of just having a six to 10 week course where I would help founders understand the legal fundamentals of their business and get them off the ground. And you know what's very interesting, um, especially for me, right? I'm a lawyer. I, I, I love legal. And so I put out this, this advertisement, right? I was, I was doing my marketing and nobody signed up. There were zero people. And that was a real eye-opening experience for me. Um, it happened at the beginning of my journey where I thought, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe this isn't something that's worth pursuing. And should I really be putting all of my effort into here versus going back into a traditional law firm or doing different types of legal consulting work um, that would you know, give me a steadier course of income? And what I realized as I dug into it and, and what I had to do is really dive in and figure out why this wasn't appealing to founders and my target audience. And what I came up with is the fact that for a lot of founders, legal is not their top priority. Their priority is getting a product to market, launching it off the ground. And so you have to actually reframe your entire positioning and what you are selling in order to attract the audience and shift even the verbiage that you use instead of, you know, for us, we had to go from a risk mitigation to here's how this can help you partner and get your deals done faster into a revenue generating dialogue. And so that was something that was very interesting, but I was very tempted at the beginning to say, screw it. This isn't something people want. I'm done. Um, and I'm so glad I didn't because what we have now is something that I think is much more tailored to the audience and the founders that we're trying to appeal to and something that has much more of a potential to make lasting change. So I will say that that was one of the very early um, you know, challenges that we encountered that 
we almost decided to just kind of throw in the hat. Um, and, and that was a great learning lesson for me uh, as well, because it taught me that I needed to align better with my target audience instead of making the fundamental assumption that I know what they need. Um, it turned out I really didn't know what they need. And that's one of the key struggles that we see with a lot of founders is kind of mismatch between what they think a, an audience needs, right? And what the audience themselves think that they need. Oh, that is such a good lesson that you just talked about, Bethany, because I hear this all the time. You know, they, they try something, they put tons of energy into it, and they have a theory in their mind of what their target audience needs. And either their target audience is the wrong audience that they're trying to appeal to, messaging is wrong, or the product, you know, it's just not a fit, right? Yes. And then they throw it in. But instead, you look, you step back. And realize, okay, wait a minute, <laughs> what is going on here? And the reason why I'm I'm highlighting this is because I see it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. I see it all the time. So we need to come from that 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 bigger perspective. What's going on here? Let's investigate and find out. And what do we need to tweak? Often it's ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> guilty. You know, often it's ourselves. But what is it? Is it the messaging? Is it is it the target? Is it the product? And how can we reframe it so that we are starting to land? So I love that you stuck with it and you took that time to figure that out. And now you've created this incredible business that is so helpful for so many, but you just needed to change the, the way that you presented it. Right. Yeah. We went back to the drawing board, honestly, from the fundamental business model and what had started out as being a course is, is no longer a course, right? That initial version no longer exists. Now, instead, we have a much more robust community platform that has courses on it, right? Not that, not that initial course, but that is much more focused on collaboration and partnerships, because honestly, that's where I see the need for the women's health community in particular, but also for all industries, how we grow and we scale is through those cru crucial and critical partnerships and collaborations. Um, and we see that, especially in the women's health community right now with a lot of point solutions, and we're seeing these founders struggle to gain widespread adoption because they aren't partnering and collaborating with other founders and other companies out there to build something bigger. So I want to talk about your process. How did you go, you know, you're excited about this event that you're going to throw or, you know, I don't know if it's Zoom or what it was, but no one shows up, crickets. What was your process that you went through to step back and then decide, okay, you know what, this is what's really going on. Here's what we're going to do now. How did you go through that? Yeah. So, so initially I had a sign up form and I, and it was shocking to me because I had people express interest. So I thought, great, this is going to be something people want. And I, I opened the sign up form when it came time for them to, you know, actually put the money where their, where their mouth was. And that's when nobody signed up. And so for me, I thought, okay, first, do I have a price mismatch? Have I priced this too high? That was my first initial thought. Um, and so what I needed to do then was I took a step back and I looked at the value that I was providing versus the price. And I re-examined the other pricing that was out there in similar markets for these type of courses. And I realized, okay, it's not overpriced for the value that I am giving them. So there's got to be another issue. And at that point in time, I actually, I have a lot of um, founder friends and I actually took a step back and I emailed them and I said, hey, this is what I've put out there, what I'm proposing to, to give to founders. Nobody signed up. Can you tell me from your perspective as a founder, why you think that is? 
And the responses I got were very enlightening because it was like, you know what, this looks like a great course, but founders aren't interested in investing in legal at this stage because they've got to get the product to market and they want to get investment. And so unless you're helping them do one of those two things, this course is not going to be a priority for them, especially when you're competing against those automated tools now like LegalZoom that can try and do that for them. And so it turned out that there was a mismatch between the value I thought that I was providing that I was pricing for and the value that my consumers were actually seeing and the alternatives out there from competitors um, was just a huge mismatch. So I ended up taking a step back at that point in time. And I said, you know what, there's a there's a greater issue here than just pricing. There's a market alignment fit issue here. And so I took time. I actually I took the course down and I reached out to more of my founder friends and I said, I, these are the pain points that I'm seeing in the industry. Clearly that's not aligned with what you are experiencing because nobody signed up. So what are the pain points you're experiencing where you think a lawyer or somebody with a legal background might be very helpful to you and something you would be willing to pay for? And so we got some feedback at that point in time. We got, you know, these were just, you know, friends of friends that we were contacting for some informal feedback. And we all not only heard about investments being a key issue, we also heard about partnerships being a crucial issue and people not knowing where to go for those partnerships, how to make them, who to contact. And similarly, they didn't know how to get clinicians involved in their work because they wanted to have a clinician on their team, whether as a founding member or a C-suite or advisory board member, but they didn't have those clinical connections, right? Who do you go to? Do you just approach a, a clinician and, you know, randomly and individually? They didn't know. So I took that information and I actually started a newsletter uh, where I said, great, I'm going to be building something, but I want it tailored to what people want. And I want more feedback. I want to know what else is out there. So I actually put in a request. I started um, a newsletter and just said, hey, give me your feedback. What do you want to see from this new company that I'm building? And I actually got a, an email from one of my clinician friends who I, I didn't know at that time. She's become a great friend now. A clinician reached out and said, I have some ideas about what you need to be doing from the clinician perspective. And I had only thought about this from the founder perspective because that's what I was so invested in, right? And what I knew from my background. And so I met with her and she said, here's why clinicians aren't adopting these products. Here's why there's that gap that you're seeing and that your founders are complaining about. And here's what we need from an educational perspective to get clinicians on board and to match them with founders. And that to me was so eye-opening because it showed me that this isn't a one-sided problem we're dealing with. This is an entire ecosystem issue. And that was kind of really when the company started to actually form into what it is today, because the clinician Kate and I were able to partner together and say, how do we do this so that we're addressing the entire ecosystem's needs? We know what they are now, we were clearly mismatched before. How do we build that? And so then we started from the ground up, from scratch again, building and saying, these were the pain points. Here's how we think we can address them and pressure testing them with our friends and others in this community the entire time up until launch. There's a bunch of lessons in what you just talked about. One is that the beauty of being an entrepreneur, a small entrepreneur, you know, starting out fairly small, is that we can pivot easily, right? Yes. We can adjust quickly without having to go through a bunch of different layers. Yes. So that's one thing that I saw with you. Number two, there's, there's a book called the mom test. 
And it's about questions. What are you asking the right questions? If you're going to your mom and saying, mom, do you like this business idea? Do you like my dress, mom? Right? Of course, she's going to say, yeah, it's gorgeous. You look beautiful. Your business idea is fabulous, but that's not helpful. They're saying it because they love you and they want to please you. So whether it's your, your best friend, your mom, whoever it is. So asking the right questions is, is critical. The other thing that you said is, you, you know, we're all, all we can do is come from our own lens, right? That's just, it's human nature and just the way it is. But thankfully you got someone from the other side to give you another perspective. We have to be looking for these other perspectives to help us get more creative and solve a bigger problem or solve a bigger issue and come at it from a more um, robust direction. And that's exactly what you did. And that's why your business is so successful. And it's interesting that you mentioned that too, right? Because when I set out to do this, right, it was a one person business, you know, I was interested in making money for myself and, you know, making a living for myself and for it to have morphed because two people were able to come together from vastly different lenses and say, this is a wider problem and we need to effectuate meaningful change. That was such an eye-opening moment for me. And it actually was interesting because there are other platforms out there in the women's health community. And one of the processes that we also went through in building this up was to look at our differentiators. And the differentiator that just stood out to both of us was the fact that everybody on these other platforms was only addressing the issue from their perspective, from their one lens. And we had that distinguishing factor of saying, we want to unite the ecosystem and these players who are traditionally left out of these conversations. And that was so pivotal for us. Amazing. All right. So Bethany, what is one, one of the biggest tips that you can think of for those who are building a incredible business? What is the one tip that you would give to them to help them in their journey? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a, a groundbreaking tip by any means, but the one tip that was actually given to me kind of over and over again, and that I keep having to remind myself about too, is you cannot build a business and grow and scale and make the meaningful change that you want if you're constantly worried about your own ego. And so the one tip that was really given to me was to check your ego at the door every morning that you step into your business, whether it's you know a physical business or a virtual business, put your ego at the door because otherwise it interferes with your ability to analyze and evaluate alternatives and ideas that come to you because you're so worried about, you know, this wasn't my idea versus, you know, I think my ideas are best. Um, and, and it really disrupts your ability to think critically about the options that are being presented to you. And that was hard for me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That was hard for me because I had a certain way that I thought this business should be run from the outset. And so for me, especially working with a co-founder, I remind myself of that every morning. And I say, we're putting the ego at the door. All ideas need to be considered. It doesn't matter whose they are. It doesn't matter if somebody doesn't like your idea. It's not personal. It's business. And we want to have the best product for our end users and our company to be able to grow and scale. And we can't do that if we're constantly worried about making ourselves look good in this process. You guys heard it. What I have told my um, some of the people who work for me is there's a garbage can next to our office door. I'm like, leave whatever problems, whatever ego. And this goes for me too. In this garbage, you can pick it up when you leave. 
Yes. But while you're here, you got to leave it. And I think that is a fantastic piece of advice. Thank you so much. So Bethany, where can we go to find out more about you and your businesses? Absolutely. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'm always posting information, especially for female entrepreneurs, even if you're not in the women's health space, you can find me at linkedin.com slash in slash Bethany Corbin. I am also moving out of my grandma phase for Instagram and getting much more active on that platform. Um, so you can find me at Femtech Lawyer on Instagram. And then we have our, our websites as well. So you can go to feminnovation.com um, and check out our platform. See if that's something, even if you're not in the women's health community, we have a ton of resources for female founders. So that might be something you're interested in. And then on the legal side, you can find us at femtechlegal.com. Go check her out. If you didn't get, have a chance to write all that down, it's good because you can go to our show notes and that's where it all is. Thank you so much for being here, Bethany. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me.